It is popular. Everybody say popular. Trendy. It's the thing. It's cool. Among religious persons these days to argue that one can be a Christian without participating with church worship services. Those people who clamor that are either biblically ignorant or best case scenario, they are biblically immature persons. I'm Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. Thank you so much for turning us on, tuning us in. I trust, as always, that you're going to be blessed all over the place as we fellowship together here for the next several moments. I really do appreciate you tuning in. There are several of you that I run into in and around town from time to time. You tell us that you will listen to the program. I trust that the Lord is blessing you as we share His Word together. We're going to begin a brand new teaching tonight. It goes back just a few weeks uh, into the year as we shared with New Life our theme message for the year. It's titled, Get Out of Here. Get Out of Here. really deals with the issue of the church, the church body. Now let me ask you, are you connected with a church fellowship, a church body? It seems there's a lot of disparaging comments made about the church these days. But I'm telling you, the most blessed, fulfilled times of my entire 65 years of walking on planet Earth have been in and around the church fellowship, the church body. Yeah, when you rub elbows with people, there might be some friction every now and then. But as with any family, at the end of the day, we are joined together by something very special. Not just blood, but the blood and the Spirit, Holy Spirit of God. It brings us together and uh, helps us during the times where we maybe act like a human being and act like a people and do people things. At the end of the day, the church family is very important. So we're going to lay a foundation for our theme message by looking at the church, and then we'll go into uh, some other issues. I want to read for you from our text passage. It's found in the Bible book of Colossians chapter 3 and chapter 4, but I want to read uh, verse 15 of chapter 3, maybe verse 15 and 16 actually, and we'll jump right on into this. And the record puts it this way, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you all were created to peace or called to peace, and be thankful Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. What a fabulous passage, and I trust the Lord would help us with that as we look at this message 
get out of here. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for each and every one that has come in here and come before their television set or by whatever means they may be listening to this teaching. I pray that by your word, through the Spirit, you would speak to each heart. And Lord, help us to know and understand that you created something very special. It's called the church, the gathering of the body of Christ. I pray that you would give us a newfound love for the church and a passion for the church, that which you created. And we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hey, you hang on. I'm going to be back here in just a little while to wrap things up. You keep your Bibles handy. Follow along with us, and I trust you'll be blessed. As I prayerfully prepared for our 2023 leadership retreat, I was impressed, and this has been days ago, days ago, nearly weeks ago, I suppose. I felt impressed to put a challenge before New Life Community Church in the form of a theme for the coming months. Now, sometimes these last a year, sometimes they last longer. I don't know. But here it is, just as clear as a bell I heard in my spirit, get out of here. Get out, of, and that wasn't somebody telling me to get out of here necessarily, but that was the Lord speaking to me to speak to you this theme. Get out of here. Now, hang on to that, and uh, I'm going to throw a little parentheses at you, kind of establish a foundation. You'll need to listen carefully for the next several moments, or you will be completely lost by the time I get back around to get out of here. Are you with me so far? So, here we go. If you spend any time at all listening to the teaching coming forth from this pulpit, you know that there is a lot of emphasis on the church. Everybody say, the church. Say it again real loud. The church. Boy, I love to hear you screaming that. Number one on your study notes, if you're new to New Life, we fill these in. We really do. Here we go. What is the church? Let me try to help you understand. The church is the unique gathering of persons that have confessed their sins. In other words, admitted to God that they're a sinner. There's some repentance involved in that. There's some believing involved in that. There's some receiving involved in that. But as persons that have confessed their sins and watch this, this is a missing point in a lot of religious institutions today. It's also people who have surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Right here, let me see your eyeballs. Those who have surrendered their life to the Lord Jesus Christ. What I refer to as Jesus chasers. Are you a Jesus chaser? If you're not, I trust you will be before the day is over. Listen, I believe deeply. I'm talking about a serious Holy Spirit conviction that we have been mandated, we, the church, have been mandated to honor such gatherings as we're experiencing right this moment. Look at your neighbor and say, isn't this an experience? Oh, yes, it is. Listen again to verse 15 from the Word of God, our text passage, Colossians 3 and 15. We are told there, we are members of one body. 
If you don't understand anything else that's said today, I trust that you will start to get that. We are part of a body. You understand body, don't you? It's amazing how the Lord has blessed me with such a specimen. <laughs> uh, boy, is that amazing. Thank God for clothes. Can I get an amen right there? But you understand body. I have one body, but it has many parts. I have, as we'd say back home, fingers. I have ten. And I have toes. I have seven. No, I'm, I have ten of those too. And I have some parts that you can't see and you never will see. Say praise the Lord right there. But don't you clap, Donna. <laughs> that ain't good news. What I'm There's some parts that you won't see. Are those parts important? It's important to me that I have a gizzard. You may not ever see it, but it's important to me. There's some parts of the body of Christ that may never be up on the platform, and they should never be up on the platform. And many of those people would say, thank God, I hope I never have to get up on the platform. But because you're not here, or you're not on the worship team, or you're not teaching, or you're not an usher, or whatever the case might be, that does not mean you are not part of the body. Maybe you're one of those parts that we can't see, but they're very important to the body. Are you with me? Now, I hadn't planned on saying all that. That's extra. So, Diana, I'm expecting a bonus this week. We are members of one body. Now, listen, obviously, the church is so much more than this 60 or 90 minutes that we observe on Sunday mornings. But this time is important. Now, I'm not going into all that this corporate worship celebration entails but suffice it to say, and this give you a couple of little bullet points, and I'm going to make a point. When we come together, we fellowship. You understand fellowship? Two fellows in the same ship. We come together. It's koine or koinonia, I should say. It's fellowship, and it's centered around the person of Jesus Christ. We certainly worship together when we are together, and we do that in manifold ways. And please, church, let me encourage you to understand that worship is so much more than just singing. It's so much more than just the instruments. It's a heart issue. Worship. We, we certainly, when we come before the presence of our Father, uh, we do so in a unique way by praying together when we assemble. And I enjoy my prayer time, my personal quiet time. I call it mirror time. I try to do that every morning of my life. And I, I truly enjoy that. And I look forward to that. But I'm telling you one thing. I, I, there is nothing that takes the place of a lot of people who have experienced that personal prayer time coming together for some corporate prayer time. Amen? Hey, and so here's some good news. There was a, there was a pretty good crowd in our prayer room this morning at 9 o'clock. Here's some even better news. We have some more chairs. 9 o'clock. Do you know what time that is? <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. Let me encourage you to pray together. We do that. One of the most important and urgent things that we do here during this time is we receive teaching and we receive instruction that is purposed to convince us. And I searched for a really good word right there. That is a good word. It's purposed to convince us how to better engage the kingdom building work 
that our Father has purposed for us. Not just for me, but for you as well. Headed to number two on your study notes. Fill this in with me. Beloved, we come apart from the busyness of life. That's part of this gathering this morning. Coming apart from the busyness of life. But we do so in order to gather with one another to ultimately go back out among the busyness toward the end of helping the unchurched understand their need for a Savior. Yes, this church fellowship that you happen to be perched in right now, we call ourselves evangelicals. We are a part of the evangelical Friends Church. Evangelical because we believe in evangelism. We believe in taking the message out there. Somebody took it to me once upon a time, and I am behooved to take it to others. Do you resemble that remark? Yeah. I guess you could say we come together to honor God. Isn't that true? And then, everybody say, and then. And then, we certainly go forth to honor Him as well. Well, now, Pastor T., I don't mind this little bit of time on Sunday morning. I'm all about checking off that honoring God box here this morning. But you expect me to do that out there? Somebody say, yes, he does. Yes, he does. I guess you could say it this way. The church is constantly in this rhythmic tension of coming and going. Coming in and going out. Coming in. And going out, a rhythmic tension. And I trust you're beginning to understand that. Consider with me the automobile. How many of you arrived here this morning via an automobile? Mm-hmm. Anybody come on a horse and wagon? I pastored some people once upon a time that shared with me that they used to take a horse and wagon to church with them way back in the day. I thought, and they were serious. Went, drove that thing, rode that thing for miles. His name was Sherman, Sherman Williams. Dear, dear saint of God, and what a mentor. What a spiritual saint. And I said, Brother Sherman, what did you do on the Sundays? It was raining. And just like that, he said, we got wet. <laughs> <laughs> you were expecting he was going to say, we stayed home. Consider the automobile. They are purposed to take us from one place to another. Is that right? But there's a prerequisite. Somebody tell me what it is. Gas, gasoline, or fuel. It's certain. After about 400 miles, or whatever your particular version will accomplish, but after so many miles of zipping from place to place, You'll have to take your car to the filling station. Unless you're Eric McBride and you just take it to the electric station. <laughs> he tried to take me for a ride in that thing this morning. He said it drives itself. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll, yeah, I'll just, I'll stick with the Frontier. I'll, it's got a steering wheel. Say amen right there. The filling station. Now, listen, beloved, you might coast for a while without gas 
But sooner than later, it'll become a necessity. Now, I ask you to consider that, to consider this. The church worship celebration is a little bit like that feeling. Not feeling, but that feeling. Now, I'm headed to number three on your study notes. And in my notes, I have written, slowly. So I'm going to say this slowly, because some of you don't hear as fast as I talk. Beloved, those that forego the assembly, listen to me. Those that forego the assembly determine their spiritual fate. Now listen. I live in Ridgeway, Virginia. I know y'all. And I know how it is. And I know sometimes life gets in the way of doing things that we really want to do. Are you with me? I totally get that. I live where you live. But I want you to understand this. Soon enough, beloved, if you just forego the assembly, in particular, if for no specific reason, if you forego the assembly... Soon enough, you're going to be running on fumes. And ultimately, you're going to run out of gas. And you're going to be stranded on the side of the road like those two gals. I actually took that this week down on 220. That was, no, I did not. Thank God for stock photos. It is popular. Everybody say popular. Trendy, it's the thing, it's cool. Among religious persons these days to argue that one can be a Christian without participating with church worship services. Now, stay with me right here. Worst case scenario. Those people who clamor that are either biblically ignorant, now I'm going slow, or best case scenario, they are biblically immature persons. You're wanting me to move on, aren't you? My gut response to those who say such things is it's, Possible to live that life without participating with church worship services. My gut response is, why? What is up with that? What kind of horrible experience have persons lived through that helped them form such a sad, depressing view of a worship celebration? Sadly, sometimes persons flaunting this unscriptural theology, they have been, that is to say at some point in time, they have been connected to the body and then perhaps someone hurts their heart. You ever had your heart hurt? Or, or someone, they, uh, they allow for a, a bitter heart. We talked about that a little bit the last couple of weeks, bitterness. Or perhaps they grow a rebellious heart. In any case, whether we're talking about a hurt heart, a bitter heart, or a rebellious heart, listen to me. 
there is healing available. There's healing available. You have a hurt heart, there's healing available. You have a bitter heart, some bitterness crept in there, there's healing available. And I could go on and on and on. Listen to me, beloved. Clearly in the Old Testament and the New Testament, if it portrays any one thing, it portrays the assembly of the believers. Even in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, Israel was called out time after time after time. Isn't that true? It is true. And certainly the ecclesia, by definition, is called out the original word for the church. Now listen to me. The assembly, what we're doing right now, it's not a duty to check off. Man, I'll be glad when this was over. It's a celebration to engage. Everybody say a celebration. It's an experience. Hasn't this been an experience this morning? Man, the life has been powerful. David said it. Well, go back over into the Old Testament, when the, uh, the Old Testament book of Psalm, chapter 100. Boy, there's a lot of chapters there. Uh, look in verse 1. I'm reading from the English Standard Version, and there's some particular uh, words that are highlighted in our PowerPoint. When I get to those red words, I want you just to say them right out loud with me. Are you ready? Here we go. Psalm 100, verse 1. Make a joyful noise. Now, it didn't say an awful racket. Make a joyful to the Lord. All the earth serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. I don't like singing. What's your point? Look at the word of God. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his, his peeps and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Boy, you guys are doing pretty good at that. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Or or for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. How many? Would that include us? Indeed, it would. I want to offer to you this morning one of the reasons that persons fail to be excited about the gathering, what we're doing right now, is that they are not expected to glean from this gathering. And then there is no expectation. Here we are, number four on your notes. There's no expectation to take those gleanings, to take what they've learned, and share that with those outside the church. Can you imagine with me, perhaps will you imagine with me, a football team? Yeah, we're getting in the throes of the playoffs right now. It's kind of an exciting time for football fans. Can you imagine a football team picking its best? I love it. We're going to cut in right there. There is a little bit more left to this particular teaching. We'll look forward to sharing that with you next week. But let me conclude this one by asking this. How do you enter the fellowship, the church? How do you go to church? What do you mean, Pastor Terry? Do you enter expecting that God is going to move, that God is going to do something? Do you come in with that expectancy, with that urgency? 
And how do you leave when you depart? Are you expecting God to do something in your life through the rest of the week? Or do you just come together and check a box? Or have you settled with uh, so many in our culture today and said, you know what? The church is just full of a bunch of hypocrites. They just want our money, and I'm not going to have anything to do with it. Hey, let me, let me help you understand something. The church is not full of hypocrites. Are there some hypocrites that connect with some church fellowships from time to time? Oh, yeah. But the church deals with such folks. Let me be an encouragement to you. If you are not connected with a Bible-based church that preaches the Word of God and loves on people, and by the way, you will know from the first time you set your foot in the door whether it's people that love you and care about you and they're concerned about your spiritual destiny or not. You will know. And let me say this to you. Uh, I said to somebody this week, most people, they grow up, it's in their mind, their picture of the church is ever what they were introduced to as a child from the very beginning. Or, worst case scenario with so many today, they have never been involved with, never set foot inside a church, and they just take for granted, they just accept what others tell them about the church without checking it out for themselves. Let me encourage you to know this. Not all religious institutions are the same. They're not. And there are plenty of them in your community, wherever you live, where the Word of God is being preached. People have been born again, spirit-filled. They love God because God first loved them and drew them to Himself, and they are purposed to help others find a relationship with God. It's up to you to find that place. It's up to you to find that place, and I want to encourage you to find that place. I believe new life is just such a place, and I would encourage you to come and be a part of what's taking place here. There's a tremendous move of God taking place here right now. I mean, it's just, it's just phenomenal, uh, just the spiritual move of God that's taking place, and we would love for many, 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 many more to be able to experience that. Not just take the word of some little fella that's on the television or Facebook or whatever the case might be, but really come and check it out for yourself. I pray that you would find the real deal. Father, I pray right now for everyone that's listening to this telecast, whether they tuned in on purpose or they just come across this by accident, which really is no accident. It's a divine appointment. I pray that you would draw them to a church fellowship where your word, your eternal word, your Bible word is preached and lived out. And I pray that they would know and understand that relationship with you and with the body of Christ. We ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, let me just remind you real quick, and I'm going to put it on the screen so you can see it. We do meet Sunday morning at 10 o'clock, our primary worship celebration. We also have midweek activities Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. There's something for the little children. Tremendous program that takes place on Wednesday night. The New Life Youth Group, which is growing right now, and there's just some really neat things taking place there. And also the adults have uh, small group meetings. I might suggest to you before we get out of here that small groups is the place where this passage in Colossians is really lived out. 
You can't admonish other people if you do not come together for the purpose of doing that. You can't build up other persons or be built up yourself if you do not gather with a like-minded group of people to pursue that very task. I trust you'll take advantage of the opportunity. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church. According to the old clock on the wall, I've got to get out of here. I trust you're going to have a great week, what's left of it. And remember, my friends, Jesus is coming back. Is He coming back for you?